Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Penn State men's lacrosse season about to get underway. Hi, I'm Brian Tripp, your host of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Penn State men's lacrosse team coming off that remarkable run to the Final Four last year in Philadelphia. They returned so many key members from last year's team and integrating new faces in as well. It's always been fun to watch what Jeff Tambroni and his program do each and every year. And this is a team that has all the makings of something special again. Yeah, you can look externally and say, well, of course, look at the talent on the roster. But for this program, it's all about the culture and the people. And some of the leaders on this year's team join me this week to talk about the upcoming season. Jack Posey, TJ Malone, and Maddie Trainer, my guests to talk all things Penn State men's lacrosse as we head into the 2024 campaign, which opens up this weekend. Without further ado, here's this week's episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Jack, TJ, Maddie, appreciate the time. Looking forward to this upcoming season, as I know you guys all are. What's the vibe around the team heading into the year? We're excited. Um, team 111, uh, you know, one of the, uh, the, the the best parts about this team is just a lot of us come back from last year. I mean, only two two starters graduated and a lot of guys are coming back. But even beyond that, just the, the whole team from freshmen to you know, even the grad students, it, it's, it's been a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal experience having just such a, a, a good group come back as a whole. And um, I'm super excited. TJ, you've seen a lot of groups during your time here at Penn State. What what what's the feeling going into a year? It's different. Like there's so many returning faces, but every team does take on its own personality in some ways. Absolutely. Yeah, this year it's been just like Jack said, it's been awesome and very exciting. But I would say it's it's very it's very different than anything I've ever been a part of just because since COVID there's been a huge range in ages between mm-hmm. freshmen and seniors instead of it being freshmen and fourth year seniors now is you get fifth and sixth year seniors that just makes it hard to relate for especially the younger guys and so I think this year especially the junior class um Maddie in particular and some other guys like Kevin Parnum and um Jack Frack and other guys in his in that grade have done such a good job connecting the freshmen Mm -hmm. And the old guys like me, like the six-year seniors. Um, hey man, you ain't that old. <laughs> yeah, but you would have been in college when some of your teammates now would have been just starting middle school or junior high, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to talk about same, it. Yeah, same with this guy over here. Not the only That's one. true. That is true. But, yeah, no, so they, I think they've done such a good job at making sure it's not just the old guys versus mm-hmm. the young guys. We're part of one team. And they've done such a good job with that. Yeah, Maddie, how have you built those relationships across all different, I don't want to say generations, across all different <laughs> classes within the program? Yeah, I think um, the older guys make it easy uh, coming in. They're, they're not very intimidating. They're very welcoming. Um, they create an environment where everyone's welcome and everyone um, has an equal say. So I think it starts with the older guys and then the younger guys buying in. And once that happens, it's pretty easy. So yeah, And last year, it took on such a life of its own, being there were no external expectations right where you were picked in the conference everyone's kind of like well what's this team going to do coming off injury what's the mindset within the group knowing externally maybe the expectations the rankings like it's a little bit different to start the year this year how do you handle that as leaders on the team what's the feeling in the locker room going back to uh to last year obviously having no external there's not the noise like there's noise i think think it's it's been a pretty similar approach um to last year i mean 
to be to be counted out last year and for the only people to really believe in us with you know it just being us is the guys in the locker rooms or our families um we know what it's like to not have any external support and honestly the people we have in our locker room are the only people we need mm -hmm. um the coaches the players our support staff um, and we know if, if we come together and, and focus on a common goal together as a unit, um, you know, like I said, more than just the players, it's the, the, the team encompasses so much more, but we, we can achieve anything we set our minds to. And um, it really doesn't matter too much what, uh, what anybody has to say about us because we, we can buy into each other. And um, I think that's one of the really, really special things about this team is we have that belief that, you know, if we all dedicate to the same goal and, and move in the same direction, our, our, our dreams can come true. TJ, where did that feeling and that belief come from last year? Obviously coming off of injury and a lot of guys that, that had been banged up and you look at the journeys. I think there's so many different stories to tell with your team. Where did that belief come from when you reflect back to where you were sitting, what you were thinking this time last season? Yeah. So, I mean, not just me, but Jack Trainer came off a, a year, almost year long injury too. So I think the biggest thing was our belief came from the work that we put in. We, we were in there grinding when nobody else believed in us. And I think that gave us an edge, mm -hmm. especially in, over the long run in the season that nobody believed in us, but we knew that we put in the work to be one of the best teams in the country. And that's what I think the mindset that we need to have this year is like, even though we have expectations um, from parents, from ex um, alumni, fans and all that, mm -hmm. we just got to focus on what we did. And that's what we did last year. And so I think with it, like Jack said, if we can cancel out the noise, the, the more the better. I think we're, going to struggle with that at some point this year. So it's something that we need to continue to harp on. Maddie, you guys learned what it took last year because of that. How important was it to, again, instill that belief from right after Memorial Day to know what it took to get to that point last year to get back there and hopefully get two more wins as well? TJ said it best when he talked about uh, himself and Jack leading us last year. We had such a good belief from the work that we put in in the beginning of the year, and then it really paid off at the end of the year. So I guess this year is looking at the work we did last year, continuing to put in that work so that we have that like continued belief and confidence that we can look back at everything we've done throughout the whole entire year. We can look back on that and, and be super confident in what we're doing. You guys could make it a little easier on those faint of heart, though, throughout the season, you know, the comebacks. <laughs> what a fun team to be a part of. <laughs> it, it had to be such a fun ride for you to, to get those different experiences, winning in different ways, you know, the comebacks, trying to hold on and, and survive late. Like all those experiences, could you tell going through so many different experiences that added up as the year went on where it really paid dividends when you hit and had to deal with those same experiences in an NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think personally, and you guys can speak on it too, but it was the most rewarding season I had ever been a part of. And so far, ho I'm hoping this year is even more rewarding. Uh, but the, just the, the emotions that for me, just to come off a couple of years of not playing, mm -hmm. I was just so thankful to be out there with my team every single day, no matter if it was like hailing outside just <laughs> or sleeting like it is in State College a lot <laughs> or beautiful and sunny. So Every day I was just so thankful to play and it took a lot of the pressure off performance and just being thankful to play. So that was one of the reasons I, I thought last year was so special. Yeah, and adding on to those high pressure games, um, the year before our record didn't really show uh, how good of a team we were. We mm -hmm. lost a lot of one goal games and then returning so many guys. Um, I think our players, especially our, yeah, our offense and defense felt very comfortable in those like one goal games. 
And coach put a really big emphasis on competing and, and winning. Um, so I think through that, we built like a confidence when we got into those high pressure situa- situations that um, we'd, we'd come out on top and we were playing to win. We weren't playing not to lose. Yeah. Well, one thing too, I think that made last year really special was, I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit, but TJ coming off of just such a, such a, a journey recovering from injuries and seeing his, his comeback was just one of the, the coolest experiences of my life. Um, being able to be a part of your journey was was absolutely incredible. And there were so many mornings we'd play wall ball, and I was just thinking, man, the country doesn't know who's coming back. <laughs> um, and even even Maddie too. I mean, the the amount of the the injuries you had to go through in high school leading up to um, to college, like you're seeing your your dedication and the fire in your eyes, and finally, like last year, getting that moment to step up into your own, dude. It, it was incredible to see and like that fire and your fire and Jack trainer's fire. And then like all, all these guys who were just so, so focused on just performing to their best ability and just contributing to the team. It was, it was, I mean, you talk about all these close games, the comebacks and holding on to some of these games, so much work had been put in to get to that point that we weren't going to let each other down. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of that is contributed over to this season. Got a sneak peek into this comeback right here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. One day at a time. It's going to be better, yeah, better than ours. So. I think so. Did you expect the 39 goals from TJ? Last year? Yeah. Oh, man. When we were sitting there, uh, we were playing wall ball. I, was like, I, I, I think TJ is the best attackman in the country. Um, he is just the, the amount of dedication to film. I mean, we're, we're roommates. and. Yep. TJ and uh, Jake Morin will be sitting at the dinner table breaking down <laughs> practices and game film, and I'm just sitting there on the other side listening, you know, from the defensive perspective sometimes. But, I mean, th- th- this guy always finds a-, a way to have fun with it, to mm-hmm. enjoy it, um, connect with other teammates over it. Um, but, yeah, I- I- I'd like to say I-, I called it before anybody saw it, but I also saw the work he put in, so it was easy for me to uh, – to, to have that belief in TJ because I, I knew it was just a, a matter of, of, of when, not if. I know you guys get a lot of great meals provided to you, but who's cooking when you're at the apartment? <laughs> so we all cook individually, but who's the best cook? That's yeah, we can go. We question. can go there. I, I know you, you want to talk about it with your house, man. Yeah, yeah our house. Uh, we kind of made it more of a hobby than just like you have to go home and cook. We've made it fun. Um, so who do you live with, Maddie? I live with Michael Ferrone, Ethan Long, and Will Peden, and. We all lived together since, so freshman year we were in the dorms, uh, sophomore year we lived in a house on Pew Street that did not have a very accessible kitchen, wasn't very, uh, what to say, it wasn't very clean, <laughs> and uh, this year we actually moved into a new house, just us four, uh, and it's a very good setup in there, so we focus on not only cooking the best meals on the team, but also uh, the presentation, and then we take, we like to take pictures and send to everyone and let them know that uh, that we are the best cooks. But I'll also give a shout out to uh, Chef Mercer out there. Chef yeah, Bond. Chef, oh yeah, no, I would say Huddy actually is the best chef on our yeah. team. I was just say, do you have an Instagram page or a TikTok that you guys have started for this? That that might be the next step here for Penn Instagram State page, meme page. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it, it, I think it speaks to the bond. Like every time I'm around your team, and I think it's true of so many athletic teams here at Penn State. It's culture the bond, brotherhood, where does that really resonate within this program and where does it start? And I'm guessing it started based on my conversation with Coach Tambroni, I think back in the fall. That's something that's inherited from teams past and continues year after year within this program. I think it all starts for for each member of our team in their freshman year 
when you come in, I mean, Matt, you alluded to it, you know, the the seniors and upperclassmen being so welcoming. I mean, I know when TJ came in, you probably had the same experience. When I came in, I remember Nick Cardiel, one of our, our senior captains, wore 16. He would have a bunch of guys over on Sundays just to hang out and taking guys out for meals all the time. And um, right, right from the get-go, it was like the seniors and the freshmen, there was no divide. It was just one team that unified. So I think as everybody goes throughout their careers – you get treated so well as a freshman um, where it's like, you know what? I want to give that same experience back to the guys um, who, who are who are new and to kind of keep the legacy going. And we talk about with Coach Tambron, I think he he sets the the standard right up top. And um, the, the culture he has created has really cultivated that. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – I think it comes from, you know, the way you were treated – you know, and then as you start to, to step into that role of being an upperclassman, you really want to pay it back to those uh, those younger guys coming in because of how great your experience was. Let's go around the room. Give me one word to best describe Coach Tambroni. I would say uh, demanding excellence. I like that. I like that phrase. That's a good phrase. Mentor. I think he's a mentor of men. I would say demanding excellence as well. Actually, I, th- I think TJ put it perfectly there while also showing how much uh, he cares and how much he, lo- he loves uh, each of his players. It's funny you said that because if, if I had two words, because uh, one, I, I agree, I think one's impossible. I was going to say intense, but compassionate. Yeah, I think that's probably perfect. Yeah, perfect. I think that's the perfect way yeah. to describe what he brings to the table. Why, why such a mentor of men? Well, I think it goes into to that completely, the uh, the intense and compassion, because he shows, obviously, you know, all being on a team, we have a common goal of, of winning a national championship and all coming together and doing something that you know, seems impossible to some, um, but dedicating so intensely to that, all while being able to form relationships, form bonds, show the, the, the loving and caringness that you can bring to a group. Uh, I think that's really something I aspire to be like, and I'm sure a lot of us do, you know, excelling in life to the best uh, degree possible. Um, but then also being able to cultivate the relationships, which at the end of the day is the, the most important and one of the most important things in life. Um, so I, I think he, he demonstrates what it means to be a man to us. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I say mentor men. So I think to your point, I think all, all three of us, uh, all four of us just really, really encapsulated yeah. what, what coach is to us mm-hmm. as, as players and as young men. If everyone that has con- gone through the program and bought into the program, I think, is in a coach has really prepared them for life, like to be men in, in, in life. And uh, I think he pre- takes in like boys that are like 18, 19, 17 years old and prepares them uh, to become men in like four years, which is pretty cool. I think Penn State and coach, he does such a great job of this. But Penn State's the perfect alignment of coaches' values, the values you, your families, everyone within the program has. And then the university, when you look at the opportunities that are out there, you're playing in front of amazing, passionate fans, the resources, but just the way the whole Penn State is so much more than just the campus. It's the community. It's the alumni. It's the fans. Describe it. Ah, it it is it is the coolest thing in the world. I mean, and probably no better showcase than than Philly, right? Last <laughs> May. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know TJ was uh, I know TJ was playing in the Final Four in 2019. I was there as a fan. 
Um, I'm sure you were there as well. I mean, you talk about I've been in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you talk about family. I mean, we we have the trainer family here. Yep. I mean, there there's no better family that I think encapsulates Penn State lacrosse. I mean, the 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 dedication, the way you guys buy in. I mean. You're the third, the third, third one to come through, which is uh, just awesome. How how is that for you? I mean, talk talk about like the the family aspect because it Penn State lacrosse is literally a massive part of your family. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one of the things that attracts me here. Not only um, how much school spirit Penn State has, but the community the community that Coach T um, creates when you when you commit to Penn State um, and then start playing for Penn State. It's not just the players and the coaches. Um, it's all the families and. And making building those relationships with all these players and their parents, it's it's truly one of a kind place that uh that coach T coach T really embodies um the community of Penn State and, and our family. So, but I seem it seems like there's a lot of ownership of that and accountability of that within the locker room too, where, where you guys as leaders on the team want to get out and be a part of the community, give back, embrace the fans, embrace the students, and then also embrace the opportunity that you have here to get a degree and get a great education and take pride in what you've accomplished in the classroom and in the community as well. I, th- I think one thing for the fans as well, I-, I think Penn State has the greatest fan base in the world in all of college athletics. And I mean, I mentioned, I mean, when I was there watching uh, watching you play your, your freshman year, it was a sea of white. Um, it was one of the coolest things in the world. And then to be a part of that experience, seeing the fan base as well, and then and the sea of white come back to the Lincoln financial stadium, it was, it was phenomenal to be a part of. And, um, I, I can't thank the fans enough for them showing out to Panzer, which I think is the best lacrosse facility in the country. Um, and just the, the continual support we get from the, the local community at Penn state and then Penn state fans all around the country. Um, they they are I believe the best fan base and I'm honored and I know we are all honored uh, to to have them supporting us so appreciate everybody out there who supports Penn State lacrosse and um, you you guys are truly the best but there yeah. was a lot more cheering there was a lot more cheering on that day at that stadium than there was over the last month and a half of the NFL season this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true I would also say the like the parents make such an impact too is mm-hmm. I remember going driving into Marine Corps St- Navy Marine Corps Stadium and then driving into Lincoln Financial. I'm not an overly emotional person, but I started tearing up seeing us pulling our bus in and seeing maybe thousands of people. Yeah, ma'am. All in white, waiting to cheer us on, banging on the bus, mm-hmm. like ready, like just cheering us on. It was it, it gave goosebumps, me goosebumps. Yeah, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. It it showed it showed us everything we need to know about Penn State community going to that game and the support we had it's like we couldn't lose so it was uh it was awesome i know in the moment it was raw it was emotional to have the season end the way it did how often did you talk about it when were you able to put it behind you and reflect on what a great accomplishment it was and obviously it was such a controversial play that rules have changed going forward to this year when did the mindset shift off of oh man i can't believe that happened to the pride in what you did and then i think the next step then is how do we get back there and, and do it again and come out on top next time? Yeah, I mean, it's life. Stuff ha- stuff like that happens. Uh, I think Coach T expressed that to us right after right after the game. And this year, it's been about responding to that. Um, Co- one of Coach's big things he's been talking about recently is don't react, respond. So I think um, just leaving that in the past, responding to it and uh, using it to our advantage, uh, using it as motivation to, uh, to get back to that place that we were and, and finish the job. Yeah, I, I think 
anger was something that I felt very strongly. I, I, I really try to put it past. I think the team really put it past. We put it past us like a week, like a day, days or weeks later. Um, and then the mission was just what can we do this year to make it to make it better and le- leave no doubt so that nobody, no ref can interfere with the, our chances of winning. So I think that's that's a big motivator for us is how can we leave no doubt? Jack, you said it's hard to win a national championship. 100%. How would you describe what it may take? I know you haven't done it yet, but you want to and you're close. <laughs> and I think it's going to happen this year. How would you describe what it takes to get to that point and win it? What, what, how do you, what's that roadmap in your mind? Um, my, my initial response to that is it takes what it takes. Um, if we're sitting here right now, I, I could, you could ask anybody, you know, what, what does a, a national champion do? And it's pretty easy. You know, they, they do all the right things, right? They take care of their body. They train hard. They practice hard. They, they watch film. They do everything that they can to get to that point. Um, it's not a mystery as to how to get there. Um, it's just the execution piece, right? And the accountability piece between teammates um, and coaches and all of that just to make sure the actions fall through on what you know is required to get to that spot. TJ, when you know there is an end goal of winning a Big Ten championship, you want to win every game. You want to win a Big Ten championship. You want to be back in the Final Four. You want to win a national championship. Every team at Penn State has those expectations. How do you make sure the focus remains on the day-to-day process of getting to that point, while also, I think we already touched on this too, at some point, and you're the one who said it, at some point, there's going to be some adversity along the way there, making sure you handle it and respond to that adversity that you face. Yeah, I think one of the main things, we have a, one of my mentors and one of someone that comes and speaks to our team every year is Colonel Athens. He's one of Coach Samberoni's mentors as well. He was a colonel in the Marines. And he describes it as you want a long-term goal, as in he brings up the movie Chris Kyle from American Sniper. Like when you're focusing on a target, you got the long-term target out there, but then the scope that you're looking through right up to your – right next to your eyeball is like the short-term stuff that you have to focus on. So you always need to keep the target in sight, but you really need to focus on that scope and, and dial in what you need to do in the short term. So I think we, ha- our team really believes in, in our long-term mission, but is what can we do in the short term to make sure we get there? I think it's the biggest question. Yeah. And I think adding on to that, um, especially adding on to Jack's answer, a championship team is, is a, a team that's a really good brotherhood. It's a team that's going to sacrifice um, so much for the for the person standing next to them, for their teammate, for their locker buddy, for um, for everyone on the team, for the coaches. Um, not only on game day on the field, but but on a Monday morning like when it's raining, or a Wednesday morning we have drift lifts and you don't really feel like uh, getting up and doing it at that time. It's about how much you're going to sacrifice all throughout the season um, to get to that goal. February third is going to be here before you know it. You ready to get out there? Hundred percent. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll be fun. Um, uh, I'm. So excited to uh, to see the season get going and to open up a Panzer. Can't one, wait. One day at a time. <laughs> this group's got a lot of belief, so I'm excited. You know, I had I had a boss, and the last question he always asked to any candidate for any job that was applying was, what's the last book you read? Now, fortunately, before I interviewed for a job, someone tipped me off that that was the last <laughs> question <laughs> because I, 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 I don't read. I don't know what the last book I read was. Uh, if I ask that question, will you be able to answer it? Yeah, we would be. All right. Last book that you read. You got it first. Uh, I, 
I, I read a couple books over winter break. Uh, right now, I'm reading uh, Legacy by James Kerr. That's really good. It talks about the New Zealand All Blacks team. Um, one of the other ones I read over winter break was Warrior Ethos by Stephen Pressfield. It was, it was really good. I am in the midst of reading um, Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Yeah, and right now, uh, TJ actually put me onto this book. I, I can't recall the author, but uh, it's just this book called The Genie Within. Do you, do you know the author? Or? Harry Carpenter. There you go. Yeah, I read that over winter break, too. It was awesome. Yeah, phenomenal book right now. So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Guys, thanks so much. I always enjoy talking to everyone on your team. Uh, I think you guys are going to have an awesome year. I appreciate you sitting down, and uh, I think Jack's got a, a future here as a co-host, too. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know about that. <laughs> have a great season. Thank you. Thank, yeah, you, thank you so, so much. much. Thank you.